Hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome to episode five of Where's My Blueprint, a podcast all about adulting, and you guys get to be able to join in on our weekly adulting conversations. So want to start this podcast off with you um, getting to know one of my amazing co-hosts. Her name is Nay. And so we are going to be talking to her today. So I'm so excited. But before you already know, we need to tell you who we're sponsored by. Hey guys, so Divine Timing is your one-stop shop for all things getting your life together. They are great with adulting and they have journals um, as well as a quarterly planner that's launching at the first of the year. And for you and our listeners, they are offering a coupon code to save you 22% for the 2022 year. The code is WNB22. Okay, so write that down. Make sure you keep it. Get your journal, get your planner, get your life. All right. So start with our episodes with a quote is by the most famous of all Nike. And it's called just do it. Just freaking do it. And so with that, that quote is going to transition us into our conversation with Miss Nay. So I'm going to start out asking her a couple questions, but also just having her introduce herself, tell us a little bit about herself. I know you guys hear it in the intro. However, we're getting a little bit deeper today. So Come on, Miss Nay. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Hey, hey, y'all. So I'm Nay, as y'all already probably know by the voice. I'm a mommy. I'm a Christian. Love Jesus. A wife, a daughter, a sister, auntie, yada, 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 so forth and so on. I am currently in the midst of employment because I took some time off to be with baby and just trying to figure out adulting. I hit the 30s and, you know, 30s for women especially is the time for new beginnings. It's the time of being really deep into the you, like knowing who you are and being comfortable with that and saying F everybody else, this is who I am. So that's where I am learning and growing in that. Okay. I'm loving it. So as you are aware, because you're a co-host about our podcast and everything adulting. So tell me a little bit about your transition into adulthood. Tell me what you feel that was the hardest thing about the transition. I know we still quote unquote transitioning because this is a whole entire journey, right? But tell me some things that you are having struggles with, but also just the overall transition. So with the transition to adulthood, one thing that they don't tell you, or I feel like isn't told or espoused enough is that it's a constant evolution and involving. You know, once you feel like you've gotten it and you know what you're doing in this stage, you're grooving and everything else, it changes. 
And sometimes I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for the change. Even if I know about it, say we're a military family. So even when I know, I knew, hey, I'm about to get married. This is what my life is going to be like. Didn't I know this was what my life was going to be like? Or mommyhood. I knew I wanted a child, read all the books, did all the things that I thought you were supposed to do to prepare. The Lord didn't tell me that I was going to get this opinionated, strong-willed child that is totally opposite in personality from myself. I am an introvert. He is thoroughly an extrovert and he is opinionated, strong-willed, very principled. We say that he's been here before and he has the soul of a Creole old man who was born in the struggle. Like he is that principled. And I I did not know that was going to be my child. Love him. Wouldn't change him for the world. But that was one of those things where the books didn't prepare me for that. I love that you say that because how you said the books didn't prepare you of like, there was no blueprint to be an adult. There's no blueprint to be a mom. Side note, if y'all know Nay, Nay's an amazing mother. Check out the blog for all her gems on that of motherhood and everything. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> girl, yeah. Um, So tell me about identifying and embracing this new person because- you were working and now you are a mom and a wife and that's a whole entire different identity. So tell me about that transition. It it is still transitioning. Most definitely. I think recently I just woke up one day and you know, when you have time and when you're open and available, the Lord talks to you and then your inner self talks to you as well. So I just woke one day and was thinking, wait, who am I outside of wife, outside of, you know, baby, outside of all these different groups and categories that I am involved in? Like, who am I? What is my core? Like, what do I truly believe in? And that led to kind of a new exploration on what is my core? What makes me happy? And if y'all haven't realized already, I am the quoter and the researcher, I feel, of the three of us. So I have a couple quotes that really resonated with me in trying to get a framework and a blueprint for this topic. So the first first one is, unlike a drop of water, which loses its identity when it joins the ocean, man does not lose his, his being in the society in which he lives. Man's life is independent. He is not born for the development of the society alone, but for the development of his self. And that's from B.R. Ambedkar. I don't know. It'll be in the blog. Y'all can mess up the name as well. And then the other one says, identity cannot be found or fabricated, but emerges from within when one has the courage to let go. That was by Doug Cooper. And the last one is, before I can live with other folks, I've got to live with myself. The one thing that doesn't abide by majority rule is a person's person's conscience. And that was by Harper Lee. So with all those three, I think it kind of encompasses where I am. Understanding that me independent may differ from what I grew up learning society has told me or what religion has told me or what family has told me. Like there comes a time in my life where I have to find out, okay, what about that resonates with me and is true to me? And what about that do I need to discard or challenge or re-examine? So I'm glad you mentioned the questions of who you are in the midst of mommy dumb and wife dumb and existing and all that kind of stuff. Cause that was actually my question. Like, how do you, in the midst of all of these hats that you wear, how do you keep hold of 
your true essence, who you are in the midst of being a mom and being a wife and being at home with the little one and, and, and still evolving into adulthood, let's be honest, is will always continue, will always be an, an ING in progress of, right? Until we're no longer here because your 30s looked a lot different than your 20s, which will be different than your 40s, different than your 50s, different than your 60s. It'll always be evolving. So how do you still keep the core of you solid and stable and alive? So previously, my answer would be, it's about being selfish, but now I don't like that word because it has such a negative connotation. So I liken it to what they tell you when you get on the airplane. You have to take care of yourself and put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on somebody else. So it's really caused me to look and see, okay, what in my life or even as fundamental of what in my day to day am I doing just for myself? If be it, am I doing it for the enjoyment of myself? Am I doing it for the betterment of myself? Am I doing it for the growth of myself, like what in my day is strictly for me? Because if I don't have anything strictly for me, then I do feel like I'm pulled in all these different directions, but I don't have that core anchor that's mooring me to what it is that I am. So then what tools do you actually use to actually go through your day to do that? So like when you're examining yourself and coming up with like, I need time for myself, which I don't feel like, again, it's definitely not selfish at all. (laughs) But what tools do you actually use and how did you get these tools? So I'm going to say perfect world. And we know that we are all human and fabulously flawed. So this is not by any means what I do do on a day-to-day basis. This is strictly what I strive to do. I am very cognizant of my calendar and my schedule. And I like to plan out an outline for my day, which typically starts of my devotional time and then maybe business time. And then I get baby up and do all those sort of things throughout my day. And at night, I try to leave some time just for something fun, like reading. I love to read. So maybe reading or maybe watching a TV show, but it's that intentionality and knowing that this is my blueprint for the day and being honest with myself and having boundaries, our favorite B word, boundaries with others. So telling people as they try to put things on my list, because previously I try to do everything for everybody, be as open and available as possible. And then my pastor, he said one day, and it really resonated with me. When you feel like you are out of time and you don't have time to do all the things that the Lord has specifically called you for, maybe it's not a matter of you you not actually being called to do some certain things. Like a lot of times we put a lot of things on our plate that the Lord didn't call us to have. And that means that we do feel like we don't have enough time in the day because the Lord didn't tell you to do all that. So just sitting in that and understanding that and saying to people, hey, I know you want me to do X, Y, and Z, but is it time sensitive? Because it's going to take me at least 24, 48 hours minimum to do this because it wasn't on my schedule. Or, hey, you want me to do this? I can get it done. Say it's Monday. I can get it done by Wednesday. 
I can get it done by Friday. And even if they come later in the day and say, hey, did you do X, Y, and Z? Just being okay with saying, no, I didn't do that because it's not on my to-do list and I have to fit it in. And being okay with that, you know, getting away from that people-pleasing mentality because you have to please yourself first and foremost. And if you're not pleasing yourself, how can you please other people? Girl, I am like over here snapping, jumping up and down like, yes. And I hope audience, you guys got that. Of the power of asking for deadlines because everything can be scheduled, everything can be done, right? But you just need to know is this a priority? Is it important? Or can this be de- delegated, right? And you just had so many gems in that. And I'm like, dang, I want to just like rewind everything you just said, right? <laughs> Talking to you, I'm just like, oh man, you just have so many gems. And like, I think of like, I want to, I strive to do my calendar every day, right? Or my schedule. I'm going to say strive because, you know, some days I go to sleep a little bit early and I wake up like, damn, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today. But we figure it out, right? But I guess my question is, did you grow up learning this or did you teach yourself or did you see this? How did you develop knowing that, okay, I function on schedules or I function on a calendar? Tell me that process. I have always loved school supplies. And I know this is going to be a roundabout way of answering that question, but my greatest joy is going up. But like, no. I'm laughing because I get it. Like, I love to be a planner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no. I love a good planner. Okay, so check it out, check it out, check it out. So if y'all are people of a certain age, because I don't know how the kids do it nowadays, at the start of the school year or the semester, you would get those school supply lists. And my mom being the OD wannabe Susie homemaker with the full-time job person that she is, she would make a big deal out of school supply shopping. Like me and my sibling, we would go and have our school supply list and go through the aisles. And that, like I said, is just one of the greatest joys in my childhood. So because I have this love of school supplies, I would hoard and try to get all the school supplies. Like I have off the top of my head, I can touch three different packs, not three different pins, but three different packs of pins. I have a plethora of different planners, journals, notebooks, all of that. But as you get older and realize all of that costs money, it's the incentive to use them. And while I don't always use them, yes, it is the goal to use them. And I did learn that when I write down stuff, it makes it more real and I'm more apt to follow it, maybe because I'm more apt to remember it. So that's where the journaling, well, I don't really journal because I tried diaries in high school and that got me in trouble, but that's another story for another day. Um, But that's where the writing the ideas down, the to-do list, I have tons of to-do lists, be it household to-do lists, be it grocery to-do lists, errand to-do lists. And I've learned that there is a innate satisfaction with with marking things off. It could be so simple as putting, take a shower on your to-do list. And if you're ever in a bad way, you know, the depression bug kind of sits on you, just marking out something so simple as taking a shower can give you a boost of endorphins and those feel good serotonin. So yeah. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand how we could be the same person. This is what I don't 
I'm gay. <laughs> because when I tell you there is a drawer in my nightstand that is strictly dry erase markers, pens, color pencils, like all of the things in my 87 journals, that's not an exaggeration by any notebook pass. Listen, I still buy school supply in like July, August, because they usually have coupons. Now they're on sale because what? They cost money. So now that I'm an adult and I know how coupons work, I don't have to spend as much money. I don't have any kids, but I'm buying 12 notepads because I will use them in some way, shape or form. So I just had to let the listeners know we are the same, pointing that out there. So, okay. You mentioned something earlier about your schedule and, and, and giving people deadlines, just like Nakai said earlier. How do you, because it is a struggle for me. So I'm asking low key for some advice. How do you deal with those wrenches that are thrown in your plans when, when, because change is inevitable, probably the only constant on the planet. Okay. How do you deal with those changes while you're juggling so many things and you are so regimented and you have your list and you have your to-dos and you have the things. And when someone throws something in there that is urgent that you do have to adjust to, how do you mentally maneuver through that? So the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is dealing with the urgency. Because sometimes I think we get into the pitfall of thinking that other people's urgent items are there for our urgent items. And so just because somebody else may have that as an urgent top priority on their list, that doesn't mean it needs to be your top priority because there's a such thing called accountability and responsibility of self. And if it's that hard of a, that big of a priority, then maybe they just need to keep that on their priority list and on their to-do list instead of, you know, trying to put it on your. So that was my first, my first thing. And then second, it immediately comes to mind this issue that I had earlier this week. So she, I got her financial planner guru guys information and she wanted me to ask him a question about her business. So she texted me a couple of days ago and was like, Hey, did you ever ask, you know, so-and-so about that thing that I told you to ask? And I said, no, because I got that information um, just to have it. I asked you when you told, asked me to do that for you, if it was time sensitive, because what I need him for, it's not immediate. I might not get back to him for a couple of weeks from now. And she was like, oh, I thought you said you were going to do it Friday. And I said, no. She said, I misunderstood. I said, yes, you did, because I didn't say that. And if you need that urgently, then you probably need to call him and ask him. So I wasn't rude. I wasn't disrespectful. But it's just putting the onus on, if it feels within my timeline, I can do it. But if it's something that needs to be handled immediately, that's a you thing. You kind of need to make that call. And just being okay with it. Like when we put boundaries down, sometimes I feel like we get self-conscious about them or once again, get that people pleasing bug. Like, oh my goodness, if I can't do it, then they're going to be mad at me. Or if I tell them no, they're going to be mad and all this other stuff. But if their love and their affection and affinity for you is contingent upon what you can do for them, then you need to reevaluate that relationship. So I have a whole lot of questions. (laughs) As you know, I'm inquisitive and I ask you questions all day anyway. But you said so many things and similar to you two, I love journals, but the difference for me, I do actually journal. But my question for you is about boundaries of like, no, it may be urgent to you, but it's not urgent to me. Talk about like, what does that truly mean? Because I feel like when people tell me like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? My first question to them is, when do you need it by? But I think that's because that's my brain of like project management of like, I need a deadline so I know how to prioritize that 
in my not just week or day, but in a month timing, when do you need this by? Like if you say tomorrow, okay, well then I can't do that because I don't have that time or the capacity to actually put what you want that's quote unquote urgent that to me is not urgent, right? And then I feel like we all define urgent and important and priority all differently. No, 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 no. You're totally correct. It is a time situation in deciding what is urgent for me versus what is urgent for them. Because like I stated before, if it's so urgent that it needs to be done today, then maybe that needs to stay on their today list. Because if I've already constructed my day, if not week, I might not be able to fit your today issue in today. And if it's going to be time sensitive and you're going to have penalties for that, then you just need to do that. You should have put that on your today list. But also... I think it's a conversation. I feel like sometimes we're in this whole text and social media shorthand generation where we just want to get things quickly and to the point and succinctly, which isn't an issue, but sometimes we lose sight of the details. And I feel like in those communicate those conversations, when they're talking about what they need and their requests and everything that comes to be with that, you can determine whether something is truly urgent and time sensitive versus they just want it done today. For example, if somebody says, oh, can you look up Walmart's website because I need to find out if they had this soy sauce for my fried rice that I'm making today. And it's so urgent. It's like, listen, bruh, just because I'm not monetarily employed and you think I'm sitting at home does not mean that I'm going to look up your Walmart to see if they have that teriyaki sauce in stock. No, you do that. It might be urgent for your recipe and your dinner tonight, but that's not urgent enough for me to put that on my list. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I wish more, I wish that was something that more people understood because the same amount of energy that they utilize to ask is that they could have done the same thing and they would know if Walmart has that so easy. But I say that in, we're all adults, we're all grown. The body is what the body is. So I'm gonna keep it all the way fun. Y'all know I be having my toilet time research and everything else. Now, if the move here, it's me. If I, you know, had this business on throw, I might do a quick, quick Google search for you and shoot you that information. But I'm not going to tell you that because then there's that word called expectation. And that means you will expect me to have that information for you. And I don't like doing it. So if I gift you with that information, out of the kindness of my heart, because my space and my schedule permits it, that's one thing. But when you expect me to do it, something so trivial, that's where we got an issue. The expectation thing, I would love doing something just genuinely. And I think a lot of people do in general, but like genuinely like to do things. But like the minute you ask me and now you expect me to do it, I don't want to do no more. It has to be more than just the three of us. <laughs> Right? Like, I feel like that's a common feeling amongst, especially like 30 somethings. Okay. Well, speaking of expectations. <laughs> So, of course, we're talking to Nay about her adulting transition and her adulting journey. So my question for you is, how has religion and society and their expectations on you as a Black woman, how has that hindered or helped or impacted your journey? Ooh, ooh how long do it have? Enough time. Keep going. Keep going. How long? And also, let me first state, all views that come out of my mouth are applicable and they are my own. So do not take this as your preacher, pastor, um, 
religious, spiritual guardian, guidance, or anything like that. You do your own research. You find out what's best for you. Because right now you just listening to what has worked for me. But I think just wanting to know more and understanding that, like I said, I'm Christian, grew up Baptist. And realizing that when they say the Bible is the inspired word of God given to man, unpacking that statement, if it's inspired, that means that it is not direct God and his word. It means it has been filtered through somebody who has their own thought, values, knowledge base, et cetera, et cetera. And also looking at, which I don't do enough of, but contextually, what was applicable at that time in scripture and how it may or may not be a one-to-one comparison to what is happening today. So just, you know, and having that relationship with God for yourself, because he'll reveal some things to you if you listen and if you're open and receptive. So just anything that doesn't quite sit right in my spirit, not discounting that, well, wait a minute feeling, (laughs) because you get that, well, wait a minute feeling because that is the Holy Spirit in you letting you know that maybe you need to do more work uh-huh. and just seeing what exactly, like I said, resonates with me, is true with me and fits into my life. Because just like the Bible is the inspired word of God, them things that preachers and teachers preach and say on Sunday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you listen to whoever you listen to, if you listen to anyone, that is also inspired and not meant to be taken as the Lord's word. You know, they might've done something in some might have got lost in translation. So that is also why it is important to have your own relationship and do your own studies and grow in the knowledge base of what you have. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because I'm sure a lot of our listeners have some sort of faith base that would be surprised by any means, regardless of what that faith is. But it is, it's definitely important, like you said, to find whatever your own walk is, being okay with that being different and, and knowing what it is for yourself. And that helps, I can only imagine, that helps you, Nay, with the way that you move through how you parent, what, what type of wife you are, and how you just move through just being in adulthood in general. And speaking of the little one, knowing what you know now about what experiences you had moving into adulthood, the responsibility and all of that that comes with it. What are your thoughts on how you and the hubby want to, what kind of advice you want to give your little one as they make that transition from someone that's kind of walked that walk or is walking that walk? What would you like to pass on that maybe you didn't get that you would want something a little bit different difference for the little one? I think where I am at life right now, and not to say I wasn't given this as a child, but I really strive to give him freedom as much as possible. Like my little one is under five. And as a, as one who will grow up to one day be a black man in this society, we strive in our household not to censor him and conform him totally to what we think he should be. We look at it as the world is going to put enough restrictions and enough boundaries on him as possible. We want to raise a free Black boy and all that that entails. So that is celebrating his personality. Anybody who knows us personally knows that me and my son butt heads 
on a regular basis, like not just everyday basis, like once an hour, at least we are butting heads about something. And I have the tendency to my first reaction be that old school black parenting, like, no, you do it my way. If you veer off, then you're being insubordinate. You're not following directions. You're being hard headed. That, But honestly, understanding that A, there is more than one way to do something and B, this is a reflection of his curiosity. He might not intentionally try to be disobedient or obstinate. But he is a very curious child. And what kind of is the blessing and the curse is he sometimes has a little bit of his mama's personality, which is everything is going to be done my way until you tell me or not, not even tell me, show me that your way is better. So with that, I have to give him the space to explore adventure and find his own way but under the guidance of safety. So first and foremost, is my parenting and is my disciplining him and correction of him under the guise of safety? Or is it because I'm tired? Or because I don't really want to do what he wants to do? Because those are totally different things and that could be harmful to a child. So just celebrating who he is and hopefully when he grows up and gets bigger, our relationship will continue because my child doesn't get weapons. Like I said, he's under five, never had a weapon in his life. I popped his hand one day, both of us almost started crying. So <laughs> understanding that because he doesn't have get whoopings, I think he doesn't have that fear of telling the truth. So if he's doing something and misbehaving, or if I be like, son, son, did you get that toy that mommy told you not to get? He'll probably say yes. He'll be like, yes, mommy, because he doesn't have that fear. And I don't want to jeopardize or do anything that's going to eliminate that honesty and that trusting relationship that we share. I want him to always feel comfortable telling me what he's done, what he thinks, whether I like it or not, whether I think it's quote unquote, quote, good or bad. I just want him us to always have that type of relationship. And I feel like that starts when he first comes out the womb and it extends all throughout into adulthood. Not to say that I want to be my child's best friend. He know mom and we laugh and play, but he know when mommy gets serious, but I want him to be comfortable with me. I absolutely love that. And you already know, I love your parenting style because I told Nay when I have children, she uh, <laughs> automatically going to help me raise these little ones. I don't know how, I don't know where, but, like, um, I need help over here, right? <laughs> Because so, y'all, I want twins, and God already told me I'm having my twins. So Nate's gonna help me with those. Me but um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying is that you want the little one to grow up understanding his self worth, his self love, and his self belief, which is something that I feel like is hard for us in our culture to even have because we don't have that and we don't see that blueprint. So I'm so glad that you are doing that blueprint. As you all know, we are sponsored by another amazing business. We are Sure Refinement. And what we do is we help women move through their trauma and learn how to develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-belief within themselves. We can be found online at www.surerefinement.com or you can shoot us a quick email at kb at surerefinement.com or you can find us on Instagram at surerefinement underscore. They have a code for us for 22 for 20% off. Again, that's WMB22 for 20% off.
with that, I am going to say thank you, Nay, for letting us interview you today and getting all these gems. And y'all stay tuned because Nay is going to do a whole entire parenting episode. So that is coming down the line. FYI. Side note, I love how my co-hosts just always give me more episodes and everything to leave. They they are truly gems and I guess doing the work, the Lord's work, because this is totally out of my comfort zone. Because guys, y'all have to listen. Like when you have a vision, right? And the, the way this podcast came about was because of a vision. And when God puts people in your life and sometimes you see a vision for them that they may not be able to see for themselves. You have to, because if you're a servant of God, I don't want to say have to, but you have the opportunity to be able to see their growth and see how God can use them. And so that's, that's why like we, we're not, we don't pressure her. Like we don't put a gun up to her head or anything like that. So I don't want y'all to think about that, but we do want her to walk and use her gift and gotten to know Nay. Um, but y'all get to know her a little bit better, but she's such a fucking amazing parent. Like I even think like, damn, I want, I sh- why, is, why is she my mom? Like I would have totally been so totally different. Like I would have been ruling the world at like 21 shit, probably 16. <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> Yeah, so that even transitions us to Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. Guys, let me tell you about this. So there is an 18-year-old in San Diego. His name is Zachary Hamlet, and he is an entrepreneur, just graduated high school, and his hometown is obviously San Diego. This came across my um, Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude is so dope, right? So Zachary and his sister created the Hamlet Cafe in San Diego, which is, um, it's actually specifically in Lemon Grove, San Diego. So if you guys go, please, please, please check it out. It is a black owned coffee shop and community. It's so freaking cute and they are truly geared towards health. So they have like so many things that are healthy, like sea moss in there. And like their whole entire mission was to support the family, but also to establish the coffee shop that was basically specifically for black owned health and wellness startups. So when you go into the actual um, cafe, they have and they highlight so many different smaller black owned businesses in there which I think is great so ladies tell me about this like I know we were talking to Nate earlier which I'm like oh my gosh Nate if I like I said if you were my mom I probably would have had a coffee shop too you know but being 18 (laughs) being 18 and being an entrepreneur like let's talk about this couldn't even I barely remember what I was doing at 18 and starting my own business was not on my list at all. That's not true. I do remember when I was doing 18, so I was getting ready for college. But starting my own business was still not on the top of my list because that wasn't initially the narrative that I grew up with at that age. It was definitely having your own business. My dad was very entrepreneurial, but that was like later in life at 18, it was definitely going to school. So I can't even imagine the, like what the, what the mindset was for an 18 year old to be like, we're going to do this and actually do it. I think the biggest thing that I'm in awe with is the discipline that that takes. Like being 18, I know how I was at 18. I was a hot mess at 18. Not a high hot mess, but yeah, I know. I was a team. So just that discipline that not only are you going to have the thought of a business, but getting all the materials, all the coffee, like all the vendors, all the connections, 
while your friends are going to the movies or going to football games or thinking about college, you are over here in the lab putting in work. And that just takes so much discipline that I I don't think I had at 18. Heck, I'm in my 30s talking about finding myself. <laughs> Let alone actually executing and walking in my purpose. Because to me, that sounds like that child is walking in his purpose. Like he knows the vision for his life and he is walking in that, which is awesome and amazing. Kudos to his parents. Well, definitely. Yeah, but that's the cool thing. It's a sibling. So it's him and his sister doing it together. And it's a whole entire family business. So mom works in there. Um, the sibling, um, I think she is somewhere in college or something like that. Um, but how awesome is that at 18? You have your own business. Your friends come and support you by, you know, hanging out, buying the coffee. And it's like, they do teas. They do so many different things, right? And not only that, I think like what you said is how the discipline, right? The discipline that it will take to start a business, but it's cool to actually have your family supporting you behind that. Yeah, and the beauty of that, because I frequented a couple of times, it's not exactly in my neighborhood, but I go there to support black businesses. But the atmosphere is so amazing. It's, it's all like... Nakai was saying, it's all these different vendor, um, their wares, and then they have all of the different teas and coffees. And y'all, it ain't like no little Dunkin' Donuts, no shade to Dunkin'. I love them. I need to own stock and they need to sponsor this podcast. But they have artisanal stuff. Like they have an elderberry kind of fog situation. Now, if y'all are familiar with the London fog, it's like milk steamed with um, Earl Grey, but they have an elderberry version. They have they have matchas. They have all kinds of flavors. They have, um, what is it? Ashwagandha that you can put in there. See, y'all probably don't even know how to pronounce that. But they got all these unique things in the store. It's freaking amazing. Oh my gosh. I, like I, like Nay said, it's an amazing place. So if you are in San Diego and you know where the Lemon Grove area is, please, please, please go out and support them. Again, two young kids doing their thing because I think also, and I'm going to wrap this um, segment up with this is that, you know, in today's time, you can have young kids out here doing so many different things that are not or productive to their life. They could be out here robbing people. They could be out here, you know, laying on their ass, playing games all day. But these two siblings decided to do something productive, but also to help e-commerce within their own neighborhood. And I think that is a kudos and really should be um, highlighted. So that's why we are highlighting them in our Moments of Melanation. Y'all, thank y'all so much for listening. And we are going to slowly wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Nay, for allowing us to interview you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all welcome. (laughs) One third Um, of the pie. Yes. (laughs) And so for the ending affirmation for today that I want everyone to take away with, if you guys could actually see the joy of Nay on on her face, it's so beautiful. And like the smiles that she came with, especially when we were talking about like time scheduling, the agendas, the planners. So I do want everyone to understand like everyone's transition into adulthood is a little differently, but understanding like who you are understanding that transition and being true to yourself. And so our affirmation today is everywhere I go, 
I attract joy and happiness. And so I want everyone to go out today and really, really, really embody that, that everywhere you go, you attract joy and happiness because we attract, we don't chase. Okay. Please, please, please subscribe to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where you can find us everywhere. Instagram, on the bird app. Twitter, Twitter spell, TikTok. Facebook, insert thinking emoji. (laughs) Please subscribe, review, and we want to say thank you all. And we are out. Thank you, Lau. Thank you, Lau. Bye. Bye.